I feel all right. <clears throat> Amen. 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 Amen again. Amen. Let them take that down at First Baptist Church. God bless every one of you. What a joy it is to return to this pulpit and to receive it with such joy. And I want to say a word of appreciation to Resurrection Metropolitan Community Church. Because if you remember, a few years ago, I passed by this way on my way to write a book. And it was because you launched me in such a spiritual way that I had a good start. Now that project is complete, and the book now belongs to the public, largely because of Resurrection Metropolitan Community Church. Give yourself a hand. Now, Harry Knox has already told you that we're friends. You just have no idea what good friends we are because we have been able to stand shoulder to shoulder in the struggle for what is right and just, and we love the same God. And I have come to love and adore Mike Bozeman every bit as much. Amen. So, in the midst of this uh, three-week series on unfinished lives, Michael and Harry have hosted me, and I appreciate it. I also appreciate the work done by Reverend Kristen and everyone here to sponsor the work that I have been doing these past three weeks. And as I've said to many of you before, I will miss being here on the weekend I will not miss Interstate 45 on Friday, but I will miss being with you. I bring you greetings from Bright Divinity School, which is on the campus of Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. Our faculty, our students, and our staff, 300 students from 31 different faith groups and denominational backgrounds. Our faculty from 15 different faith groups and denominational backgrounds seeking in the very best we can to prepare people to be the best religious leaders they can possibly be for who they are right now. And I know on their behalf they would want me to say hello and come see us. On this particular week, the sermon that I have prepared and that I trust the Holy Spirit will use is entitled Trios, Trinities, and the vastly triangulated human heart. May we pray. Send down upon us your Holy Spirit, O God, that your Holy Spirit may have free range among us. And touching our hearts and lives, remove in us what needs to be removed and fill us with the preciousness of your gifts. These things we pray in the name of of unbelievable love, Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember, I am with you always, the words of Jesus. There is a beginning, there is a middle, and there is an ending. Light has a source, it has a shining wavelength, and it has a reflection. We human beings have a mind and a heart, and a soul or spirit, and our minds express an intellectual power, an emotional power, and the power to will and to do. 
The world and our experience of it is full of trios. This Sunday, the first Sunday following Pentecost in the Christian calendar, is called Trinity Sunday. Since the 14th century, this great day has been named such by the mystics and the church leaders who saw the one God in the diversity of love, a triune God revealed to humankind in the death, the life, and the resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. This is the Sunday of the great adventure of every soul, the celebration of the most mysterious nature of our spirituality as Christian people, and the affirmation not of an abstract mind-numbing theory, as some would have us believe the teaching of the triune God is, that is, faith reduced to mere arithmetic, but rather the most practical attempts to describe the Christian encounter with God from our first-hand experiences. And I want you to join with me for the very next few minutes in the exploration of this great Trinitarian adventure into the heart and the body and the mind of God, God's self. I know you'll go with me, won't you? I knew that you would. From the beginning of Christian experience, the mystery of God has drawn us like a moth crazy around a candle flame. Mystical writers from St. Paul in the first generation to Thomas Merton and Simone Weil in our own time remind us over and over again that life as perceived by human minds doggedly arranges itself in trios. If the threeness of divinity was proclaimed in the heavens, then these mystics also pointed to the patterns of threes that are seen everywhere on the earth. We are drawn to trios and trinities in heaven and on earth because that is the deep instinct of the human mind. That instinct drove the ancient Greek mathematician Pythagoras to call three the number of God. To the Hindus who say that the absolute Godhead is unknowable, God everywhere discloses God's self, they teach, as Brahma, the creator, Shiva, the destroyer, and Krishna, the repairer, and all these three are one. Our gospel reading for Trinity Sunday proclaims that God is triune and in the name of the one God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, the divine parent, the divine child, and divine love itself, Christians are to feel Jesus Christ present with them always until time reaches its very end. The New Testament that we honor as Scripture roots trios and trinities in the experience of our first ancestors as well, who witnessed the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus face to face. The gospel accounts of Jesus on the cross, they said, testified to the three ways that God is disclosed to us in the last moments of Jesus' life on earth among us. On the cross, the earliest Christian believers saw and heard echoes of the one God in three ways that were to them absolutely unmistakable. The first way, 
Jesus on the rude timbers of the cross was the fullness of Emmanuel, God with us. Second, Jesus cries out in a loud voice on the cross to his divine parent, Abba, into your hands I commend my spirit. And third, upon his death, Jesus released his spirit to his Abba Father at his passing. The trio was there and the first Christians saw it, they felt it, and they believed it. For to them, God was not simply an impenetrable block of marble stone, cold and unknowable. No, God was among them in Jesus of Nazareth, disclosing that God encounters us in creation in a diverse and plural way, in three open-ended ways, always creating, always saving and redeeming, always repairing and sustaining, inviting us by faith to join the divine adventure, an adventure of love at work, love at play, and love at rest in the world. The two founding doctrines or beliefs of the Christian faith, first, that Jesus reveals God to us in the incarnation, and second, that God discloses the triune God, the Trinity, support and make sense of each other, and they help us make sense of ourselves. So, what is that to us, you might say? All this talk of diversity and unity, of threeness and oneness, isn't that no more than mumbo-jumbo with a religious smell on it? <laughs> Sprinkle, why in the world don't you just concentrate on a nice Father's Day message today that makes all the daddies at resurrection feel good about themselves instead of all this chatter about spiritual adventure and trios and trinities? I'll tell you why. Father's Day, which just happens to fall on Trinity Sunday by accident this year, is about the most basic experiences of human life. Father, mother, baby child. But because life as we humans experience it stubbornly insists on being described in threes, not ones or twos, there are dimensions of honoring our fathers and our mothers that we could never grasp if it were not for the mystery about God that we confess on this day. Without the diversity and unity that we see in God's inner life, where all the persons of God are united in harmony and love with one another, our hunger for a divine dimension to our lives would go woefully unfed. And of all people on the face of this earth, we queer people need to claim the strangeness and hope that comes from the queer teaching concerning the Trinity of God. You know, there are people around, maybe you've heard of them somewhere, who have told us that we have no place in their churches. We have no place in their synagogues. We have no place in their mosques. Why? Because they consider us to be abnormal. 
Well, I've got something that I want to say to them on this Trinity Sunday when the queerest doctrine of the Christian faith is not only taught, but it is celebrated because we celebrate the truth of a queer God who is so queer, he is willing to embrace us all everywhere and every time. This is a God in unity and yet plural who is multifaceted enough to embrace lesbians and gay men and bisexual folk and transgender people. We people who understand that there is more than one way to express love. If there ever was a doctrine that we should embrace and make our own, it is the doctrine of the Trinity. That puts a whole new spin on it, doesn't it? That puts a, a queer spin on it. And it also begins to put a queer spin on this little short poem by Christian Hervey who wrote, The whole world round is not enough to fill the heart's three corners, but it craveth still. Only the trinity that made it can suffice the vastly triangled heart of humanity. Let me tell you about an English woman named Julian of Norwich. She was a deeply human medieval woman of middle age who lived out her life in an English churchyard. She has been called the poet of the Trinity. She underscores for us the compelling strangeness of the pattern of the Holy Trinity within every human life. She calls us human beings things of threes. Isn't that beautiful? We are things of threes. We are heart, we are mind, and we are will. We are length, and we are breadth, and we are depth. We are understanding, and we are memory, and we are full of soul. Julian, a simple, practical person who lived her life as a life of prayer, saw the queer trinity of God, the shining in a tiny little tree nut, small enough that she could hold in the palm of her hand, and she writes about it in her extraordinary spiritual diary called Showings of Divine Love. In that book, she wrote, God showed me a little thing, the quantity of a hazelnut in the palm of my hand, and it was round as a ball. I looked upon it, and it spoke as it were to me, saying, I am all that has been made. In this little thing, I saw three properties. The first, that God made it. The second, that God loveth it. The third is that God keepeth it. My God is the maker. My God is the keeper. My God is the lover. The working of all the blessed trinity. And then, Lady Julian goes on to write, Our path to unity is the threefold way, for our soul is made trinity-like known and loved from without beginning and in the making owned by the maker. Our path to unity in this life is the threefold way and our vastly triangled hearts will be satisfied with nothing less. May I say that again? Our vastly triangled human hearts will be satisfied with nothing less than the Trinity who made us. You know, we fill our hearts and minds with all matter of things that will not satisfy. And when we do, all of these things wound us. We become hungry and thirsty for things of the Spirit. Our souls almost starve. 
we choose fame and chase it. We choose money and we run after it. We choose lovers and we run them all around the block. We queer folk are forced into closets of shame, and when we finally are able to escape those closets, then we go right ahead and make ourselves new closets out of little bitty petty things that don't matter a hoot in the kingdom of God. When, amen. When Christian Hervey said human beings had vastly triangled hearts, he only should have known us queer people. I've read him enough to I think he was too. <laughs> a judge abnormal by the world around us, then we should know better than to turn on each other. We should know better because are we not absolutely fabulous people who have experienced so much rejection on the one hand, and yet we seem never to learn from it, do we? Those of us who have experienced rejection, who know what it is for people to turn their backs on us, strangely seem never to learn that we must not do the same to each other. We turn right around and we turn on each other. We triangulate each other in our relationships. We refuse to examine our own rejection of each other on the basis of race or of color or of gender expression or body shape or size or modification. Somebody over here is too much of something or somebody over there isn't enough of something else and somebody else rolled her eyes at me. Oh, it would seem that of all people on the earth, we queer folks should learn that exclusion and rejection, that self-righteousness and fear of difference are nothing other than poison to the human spirit. But we triangulate against seeing the triune image and likeness of God in each other, replicating the sins perpetrated against us by religions and social ideas that exclude us because we are queer. How sad and how wrong and how unlike the threefold way of the queer God in this world for us to treat each other like that. You know, uh, Harry called me a practical theologian, and I appreciate it. I tried to get the president of Bright Divinity School to name me the professor of applied Christianity, but he laughed at me when I said that. <laughs> that means that I put all matters of doctrine, dogma, and faith to the test of life in this world. Every year, I require all my students to write a comprehensive paper telling me just two things. First, I want them to write in a paper for me everything they believe about God, the world, and themselves. That's all I want. <laughs> Second, after they've done that, I want them in the same paper to write for me what difference those beliefs make in how they conduct themselves and how they live out their faith in this world. I'm here to tell you that of the two parts of the assignment, the second part, number two, what difference their beliefs make and how they live and how they act in this world is where they mostly don't get it. They can tell you all day long mighty nice things about God and Christ and church, the human condition or sin and creation, but they never seem to be able to make the critical connection between their human hearts 
and the one who made them. You see, the great spiritual adventure of life means that the trios and trinities we see in this world should and must lead us to see the image and the likeness of God in each other as well as in ourselves. This is the secret of Trinity Sunday. The vastly triangled heart of humanity, the one that beats so strong and steady in your chest right now, is the drumbeat of the Trinity who made you, your mind, your heart, and your desire to do justice and mercy come from a divine source. And until you let that threefold love change and reorder the way that you treat other people, you will never understand God's diverse likeness in yourself. How can you say that you love God when you do not love your sister and your brother who is right beside you? Such things do not make any sense to me. God made you, Jesus redeemed you, and the Spirit keeps you. And if that is the truth, honey, then you better show some sign. <laughs> you know, you long to live a God-saturated life. I know you do. You yearn to throw yourself into the mystery of the great things that we're talking about today. I know you do. You need to fill your triangled heart with the Trinity who made you, and you can, and you can start right now. Now, I'm an old professor, and I can give you an assignment. So here it goes. I want you to turn to somebody in the sanctuary right now. And if you're sitting by yourself or somebody's out there somewhere, go to that somebody sitting by yourself because I want you to repeat after me. Don't look at me. Look at each other. Look at each other. Okay? God bless you now. Here you go. Repeat after me as you look into the eyes of that person right beside you. I see God in you. I see God in your mind. I see God in your body. I see God in your soul. And I love you because of it. Let the church say amen. 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 Do you see how that feels? Do you see how that feels? Do you want to have a great church? Do you want to get out of the Sunday morning ghetto? Do you want to break through? Do you want to say to the city of Houston, we see the vastly triangled love of God in the life of this city. If you want to, you can because you can go to your family members, the ones who rejected you, and say, Mama and Daddy, I know how you feel, but you need to listen to how I feel because when I see you, I see the love of God. You can go to your enemies and you can stand in the day of trouble and you can say to them I don't care what you believe about me what is important today is what I believe about you I see the image of Christ the only begotten child of God in you and I love you because of it you can do in this church a spiritual explosion of Trinitarian power that will begin to knock down walls and will build bridges and make pride something that will rejoice and redound in this city for years to come. I know you want to do it. I know you can do it because I just watched you do it. 
The world is full of trinities. The world is full of trios. The world is shot through with the Spirit of God. So if I were you, I'd get out of here and do something about it. (laughs) 